Grief Stories is not a crisis resource. Please seek support from a qualified professional in your area to meet your unique emotional and medical needs. You are listening to the Grief Stories podcast. I'm your host, Maureen Pollard, a social worker with an interest in helping people find hope and healing when someone they love has died. In each episode, you'll hear a real person sharing their story of loss and the insights they have gained that help them on their journey with grief. At Grief Stories, we're helping grief make sense one story at a time. Today, we're speaking with Joni, whose husband died from pancreatic cancer. Uh, Joni, welcome to the Grief Stories podcast. Um, Would you tell us, please, your story of loss? Certainly. Um... It uh, began, uh, I, I suppose now it's about four and a half years ago. My husband was not well, and it was just a gradual onset over a few months, and trying antibiotics, thinking it was pneumonia, and starting to do some investigation, and it eventually led to a deeper and deeper type of investigation, which um provided a diagnosis of pancreatic cancer. And uh, he was within a few months of retirement, was very much looking forward to all the things that, uh, you know, many people do when they hit that wonderful time of being able to leave work life off and start looking forward to the things you've dreamed about. So we had an 18-month battle on our hands, or just about 18 months. And at one point, they... Um, they being the surgeons in Toronto thought that it was would be corrective a surgery could be corrective and get the cancer and that he would be able to live the rest of his life and it was a very invasive life-changing surgery that I can only explain as well just the worst possible surgery I I think I could imagine Mm -hmm. when your um, entire digestive system is totally um, taken apart, Uh, the cancerous pieces removed, and then you're put back together in a way that is so abnormal and now trying to digest. And so it was a big challenge. That was was followed by six months of chemotherapy. Um, And during the surgery, of course, they sent away many biopsies of the tissue surrounding the cancer and found it to have metastasized, meaning gone to other places, and that it was not going to be a curative uh, result after all, and that he would, would, uh, sadly, it would would take his life. And, And so that's that's the story and uh mm-hmm. you know we, and so you had you had some more months then knowing that that was terminal um and that yeah. there wasn't going to be a cure um and you had some time with him that way yes yes and uh i think that i mean there were some medications that he was given um steroids in particular that maybe gave him uh, the summer before he died. So he he passed in October 2016. And basically July and August were his two months of 
um, I won't say wellness, of course, that would be a stretch, but it, it gave us some encouragement because he, he actually rallied quite well. And we thought, oh, you know, maybe they're wrong and this isn't going to be, it's not going to be a sad end. And, and he spent hours in the garden and we did every um, organic shake uh, that was loaded with nutrition and vitamins and Mm -hmm. any foods we could find to really, because he had lost a hundred pounds. So we did everything we could to um, ensure that he was getting as much nourishment as possible. And um, we're very guardedly optimistic because he was, he was spending time in the garden, which he, from a spiritual perspective, that, connected him with life on another a whole nother level and he got so much therapy out of his garden but sadly it it by the time the end of uh, August came we could see that um, he was really deteriorating quite quickly and um, okay. and yeah then he so passed in October 2016 we had a, um, I think he planned it, actually. Uh, we had a wonderful Thanksgiving at our our property in the bush up in Huntsville, and which we loved, absolutely loved. The colors were magnificent. And uh, he, he wanted to have family and friends for Thanksgiving. And when I suggested... Uh, you know, we do a buffet or something to keep it, you know, um, the focus on him versus in the kitchen cooking. He would have no part of it. He wanted a <laughs> traditional Thanksgiving and we had a fire going outside and all our family and friends gathered, putting together this wonderful traditional Thanksgiving dinner. And it was the most wonderful four days. Um, it was a gift he gave to me and I, I think to the family because when we left to go back home um, I could see the life leaving him in fact I thought I'm going to have to have help back home to get him out of the car mm. and, and after that later he was he was gone 10 days later yeah. yeah after that beautiful time you could just see him leave yeah, yeah. it was a, and, and it felt it felt like a decision he then started on some pain medication I think he had uh, well I knew he had pain and he was so um, aware that he he did not want his cognitive functions to be um, numbed or clouded in any way shape or form he wanted clarity and uh, so it was just 10 days before that he actually started pain medication okay and so since his death, what have been some of the challenges that have faced you as you grieve him, as you mourn his loss and, and adapt to life without him here? Well, the biggest challenge is, um, is really comes a, in the way of mort- your own mortality. And um, because we were a couple that were so in sync or symbiotic in our relationship that um you know you I felt like half of me had gone and 
struggling. So one of the challenges is struggling to find purpose in carrying on with, you know, some days not even half yourself. It's just you don't know who you are anymore. Um, you identify so deeply and profoundly with your partner that nothing makes any sense. So the supports around you become so um, integral into your ability to even get up in the morning and with any kind of um, optimism or hope. Uh, And so what I found is that uh, the people that you expected to be there and offer that support. And I'm not talking about anybody, you know, holding your hand every day, but just basic inquiry as to how you're doing and, you know, let's go to a show and let's do the, the people I thought would be there um, were not. And yet the people, there were many people that surprised me that did step up and, um, not afraid and I guess fear is the big thing is so many people are um, are just not sure what to say or how to act or and that and that's really too bad um, because it's uh, such a very lonely and scary scary time so the ones that do step is, uh, is like a gift is such a gift when you have just someone caring enough to say just thought I'd give you a call and see how you're doing and want you to know I'm thinking of you that was golden and it's it seems like such a simple thing and you question yourself well why is it that people that I'm so much closer to have kind of fallen away and yet others that I would never have thought of have come forward so that that was a big challenge and um Definitely the whole refining yourself and trying to find meaning again and purpose, mm-hmm. it's ongoing. It, you know, yeah. it's, it's by no yes. means by no means solved. <laughs> no, when you when you have such a close relationship and share so much in common and so much time together, that absence is such a raw wound. You really feel the absence. And then, um, as you said, you just really were struggling to find a purpose without him in in your everyday life, right? Absolutely. Um, and then that the idea of your own mortality, this is coming closer for you too, right? Absolutely. Um, and, uh, and then you know, um, what I hear you saying about the people who you thought would be there for you, but really can't because of fear or something else that interferes with them, um, uh, showing up for you. Um, and, and how challenging it is to feel so isolated at a time when you're also feeling so much pain and emptiness. Absolutely. Mm. That's well said. Uh, that's, that's exactly the way it is. So um, where you already feel so, you feel like you're on an island. Mm-hmm. You're alone on an island and you feel more alone on the island because the people you thought would, you know, be there are not. And so it, it, it leaves you with a, a greater feeling of loneliness and isolation. Mm. And, um, and then yeah. what I hear you saying is that something that helped you 
were these people who showed up and were able to be present with you. Um, and you really felt that as a gift. Um, their their um, ability to just be with you as you moved through this grief. That was something that was helpful. Absolutely helpful. And I can't, uh, you know, I look back and I, those individuals, I don't know how I would have um, gotten through without it. And, and it, it still felt like, you know, being on a desert and every once in a while you'd come along and there would be this oasis and um, because it wasn't all the time and you would, you know, you would hit very, you would hit moments of deep, deep despair and then it would come by way of, you know, a phone call, an email or a drop in or, or whatever. And, um, and it was just like, Oh, you're so parched. I guess that's the only way I can describe it. We're talking about an oasis. You're in the desert and it's, there's nothing and there's no one. And then all of a sudden at your very worst moment, there's a little, there's a little pool there for you to drink from. And Mm -hmm. it's, it's, uh, it is heaven sent, let me tell you. Mm-hmm. And such a relief to have someone who shows up that way. What are, what are some of the other things that have helped you with your grief as you've moved through this process? Well, of course, um, as I said, you, you become keenly aware of your own mortality. You know, I'm 65 years old and you thought you were going to finish off your life very close together at an elderly age. And so being this age, you're already starting to negotiate what old age looks like and the window starting to close. Um, so this just, just throws that in a fast forward, uh, type of way, I suppose. And, um, for me, my husband, I had the great gift of um, looking after my husband at home and being at his bedside um, every moment um, till, the, till he passed. And it was very, you know, very real and very surreal at the same time. And all I can say is that it, it put me so in touch with with the great miracle of life and what looking at in in my life what it what it will mean to me when it's my turn to go he gave me a, a tremendous gift and so i i've started doing a lot of work on myself because his gift to me was life as though the doctor had said to him you're going to be okay. You know, you're coming through this. This is your second chance. I kind of have um, absorbed that kind of a feeling to move forward in my own life, being thankful for breath when I wake up the next day and trying to live life for both of us. And so that, that, reflection that you've done both in the being with him and caring for him um, during his 
dying and in the time since has really helped you reflect on your own path, your own gratitudes and your own um, plans for the, oh, the rest of your journey. Right. And I've done, yeah. I've done a lot of study. I mean, I, I do a lot of in-depth personal work, whether it's through study, spiritual work and absolutely counseling, grief counseling, um, individual counseling, group, whatever it is, I'm kind of sponging it all up because I do want to be my best self for whatever time I have left on this world, in the, on this earth. And I do want to grasp um, every moment and I want to be the best example I can for those that I love and um, and carry on it in such a grateful way because, as I said, so many people aren't going to wake up tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And in my husband's memory, where he too have been actually given that second chance, I'm trying to live that life that that I know he would have he would have gone forward with. Mm-hmm. So you're really um, using your grief um, and and the work that it allows you to do on your personal self to embrace life while you're here, to do it in his memory and his honor, and to. Yeah. And to bring what you can while you're here. And and also to sort of lay the foundation for the, you know, my last days on this earth. Mm-hmm. Um, in the sense of where do I spiritually want to be um, at that time? And, um, and, I, and I personally, I think that that's worth investing. It's worth thinking about and it's worth investing in because... He was so, um, it it was so, the way he, I won't say he embraced death, but he had great faith and loved life. And it was just such, um, such a great blessing to see him so peacefully and gracefully transition, um, Mm-hmm. As and that passed, as he passed, yeah, yeah, and then that seems to have just helped you move into a place where you can feel this pain of loss, but still look for that hope, look for that purpose, and um, and and do that in honor of him and his love yeah. of life. Yeah, yeah. The, beautiful. The pain, the pain doesn't leave. I mean the. The depth of our love is, uh, the measure of pain is the depth of our love for all the, the years we were together. And uh, that will never change. That will mm-hmm. never change. But but I carry it with me. And it doesn't, it doesn't have to leave. I just carry it with me. Mm-hmm. And you're gaining the strength to carry it with more ease as you go. Absolutely. Just, I, I, yeah. yeah. Beautiful. Uh, Thank you so much, Joni, for sharing your story with us today. We know that it will help people to know that despite the great pain that you feel, you can find hope, you can find some purpose and carry it with you um, as you find a path with meaning. Thank you. It's my pleasure and you're very welcome. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Grief Stories podcast. I'm your host, Maureen Pollard. 
Please remember that grief is universal, but every person's experience of grief is unique. While our interviews are intended to help listeners feel validation and reassurance, we know that this story might be different from your own. Please visit our website, griefstories.org, for more stories of hope and healing. <laughs>